It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can follow all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. It is Tuesday, Expert Tuesday with Pete Doherty from the Green Bay Press-Gazette. He is here to talk about Brett Hundley to talk about the run game, to talk about a whole host of things. But before we get to that, I want to clean up some things from Sunday's game injury-wise and and highlight something that I wrote about on, on Acme Packing Company today. The first thing is Jake Ryan, according to Mike McCarthy, was the only player on Sunday whose injury did not allow them to return to the game. Jake Ryan dealing with a neck injury. And for his sake and for everyone's sake, we hope it is it is... Uh, less serious than the one Ryan Shazier suffered on Monday night. That was, for those who who didn't see it, an extremely scary injury. Um, my uh, my friend and colleague Jason Hirschwin pointed out that it was similar in nature to the injury that ended Nick Collins' career. Uh, Shazier lowered his his helmet into a Bengals player and his body immediately appeared to. He grabbed for his back and his his legs at least, appeared to immediately go limp. Um, And it was a a scary sight. By the time you listen to this, there may be more information about what that injury was, but certainly our thoughts and prayers go out to him. There is no indication that the Jake Ryan injury is that serious, but any time you hear the word neck in, in terms of a football injury, it has to be a concern. And... That's scary. That is the game that we that we love. It's the game that they play, that they put their bodies on the line for. And so that's one of the reasons why I, I take what I do seriously. I try not to be glib about it in, in situations um, like this because these guys really do put their bodies and their lives, I mean, their livelihood and their, their life after football on the line because we have seen players suffer serious injuries and... and uh, obviously, that's not what we want, but that's a part of our game, and it's an unfortunate part. I don't want to raise unnecessary alarm about Jake Ryan's injury. Again, there's there's no reason to believe that that his is that serious, but I, I did want to send out uh, my thoughts um, to Ryan Shazier and, and his family, obviously, just because that was such a scary thing, and, and hopefully he can be back on the field uh, sooner rather than later now. The Jake Ryan injury for Green Bay. Again, we don't know the seriousness. I just I want to stress that because I don't 
I don't want to unnecessarily draw an equivalency between the injuries. We don't we don't know that, and and there's no indication that it, that their Jake Ryan injury is is this serious at all. So let's just chalk that up to um, my my being shook over what I saw last night. It was a scary moment, and um, again, it, it is sometimes difficult to pay attention to what's going on on the field when when stuff like that happens. But for the purposes of this show and, and for this team. Um, the the trickle down effect of of Jake Ryan's injury and and we don't know if he's going to be available this week, but how he fits into this defense is clear. He is the guy that they want on the field in rundown situations. Green Bay played a lot of four three against Tampa Bay. In fact, they played thirteen snaps of four three. And part of that is because Tampa Bay plays a lot of base personnel on their offense. They play with a lot of two tight ends, a lot of two receiver sets. And so Green Bay doesn't need all those defensive backs. We talked about this yesterday. Morgan Burnett in the slot, he played actually all over. He played, he he pretty much split his time or played equal snaps, didn't split his time, played equal snaps um, at corner and safety, 28 and 26 respectively. And then he played another 16 at linebacker, Morgan Burnett played everywhere. So if Jake Ryan can't go this week, then what does Dom Capers do? I, I wrote about this for, for Acme Packing Company. With with Kevin King out, he put Morgan Burnett in the slot. Josh Jones played almost exclusively safety, and then they brought in Jermaine Whitehead to essentially play the role that, that Morgan Burnett had been playing. Well, if Jake Ryan can't go and Kevin King can't go, then either Joe Thomas needs to play and Joe Thomas last year and and at times in his career has been a capable, useful player. That's not something that we thought we would say uh, at, at most points in his career, but he is a capable backup linebacker. He's just not ideally suited to to play a power run game. Now, Cleveland does not play a traditional power run game. They They run a lot of zone concepts. They run a lot of, frankly, college concepts in terms of the zone read and some of the they just run some straight up option looks at times, but they certainly want to run the ball with Isaiah Crowell and, and Duke Johnson. Deshaun Kaiser is going to run the ball a fair amount in this game, and so if you're a Packers fan, you hope that shades of Colin Kaepernick past don't pop up, and this team suddenly forgets how to defend those kinds of plays. This is not just an uncommon opponent; it's an uncommon opponent who plays an uncommon style of football. And so, no, they're not good and they are uh winless on the year but Josh Gordon made his return on Sunday and looked four catches 85 yards I, I wrote about him for FanRag NFL um he looked to be not all the way back he's still 6'3 225 can run by you can run over you and it would be nice to have Kevin King in this game it's very similar I mentioned this at the end of the show yesterday the team is built very similarly on offense to Tampa Bay the pass-catching tight end, David Njoku. The big receiver, Josh Gordon. The speed receiver, Corey Coleman. And they've got two running backs. Now, the, the Buccaneers don't. But Peyton Barber and, and Isaiah Crowell, in terms of style, have some similarities. And then Duke Johnson and Charles Sims. Duke Johnson is the pass-catching back. The question will be, can Green Bay's defense assert itself in the same way in terms of rushing Deshaun Kaiser? And can they take advantage of the opportunities that they have when Kaiser makes poor decisions because he's going to. He's going to give them chances to get takeaways and they have to take advantage of those. But in terms of scheme, 
I think it bears watching how Green Bay chooses to attack this Browns offense, whether or not Jake Ryan can play. I expect to see plenty of base. I expect to see a lot of that sort of makeshift nickel with three safeties and two corners. Dom Capers essentially ignored his backup corners. Josh Hawkins only played because of injuries, and and Randall and House came out of the game. So they came out of the game uninjured. So we expect them to go. We don't know what Kevin King's status is going to be. So my suggestion was, if they could, was to play four down linemen, two linebackers, and five defensive backs with Randall and House on the outside, Jones, Burnett, and HaHa Clinton-Dix. I think that is their best personnel in terms of their defense. That is their 11 best guys. And so get your 11 best guys on the field. And I think that gives them a lot of versatility, especially with Burnett being able to play in the slot. What that allows them to do is, much like Seattle, one of the one of the great advantages that Seattle has is against three wide receivers, for example. They don't need to bring in a nickel corner because they have linebackers who can run and cover in space. They've got safeties who can run and cover in space, and they have a free safety in particular who can erase on the back end. He's gonna, they're going to play single high, and Earl Thomas is going to get to everything. Now, HaHa Clinton-Dix doesn't have that ability. They played a lot of two deep safeties against Tampa Bay to not allow big plays, and they did a great job of doing that. Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson did not beat them, and that is how they're going to have to play in this game. Do not give up big plays down the field. They're going to want to hit them with Josh Gordon and, and Corey Coleman, and Green Bay can't allow them to do that. And frankly, I think that, that that set of personnel with the three safeties, two corners, two linebackers, and and your and your four up front. Now, whether that is Clay Matthews and Nick Perry on the edge with Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels, or they could they could swap out one of the outside linebackers for a defensive lineman, that's not as important to me. But I think having those two linebackers with the four up front and the extra safety, I think really would be a benefit to this team, especially against a team like the Cleveland Browns, who is not going to go three wide, four wide, five wide on a regular basis. In fact, it's it's the kind of of defensive alignment that they could play the rest of the way because their, their schedule sets up in that way. The Browns, the Panthers, the Vikings, the Lions, with the Lions being perhaps the lone exception, those teams are not going to beat you because their fourth receiver or their third receiver is better than your third or fourth corner. Before we get to Pete Doherty, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast, and you could be entered to win, you will be entered to win, a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value, and it gets you access to player grades, draft content. They have, they're one of the, the few media companies that, that chart college and so that's data that you really can't get anywhere else. And you can't get it without a subscription. You can get it for free by listening to this podcast, by subscribing to this podcast. You don't have to subscribe. I'd appreciate it. Go to the iTunes page, leave a review, leave your Twitter handle in that review with your name, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. 
This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Locked On Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right pete doherty is a columnist for the green bay press gazette he is part of the outstanding team at packersnews.com the collaboration between the press gazette and the milwaukee journal sentinel you can follow him on Twitter at Pete Doherty. Pete, thanks for joining Locked On Packers. Thanks for having me. So the Packers won a game in which their starting quarterback did not throw for more than 90 yards. At the start of the season, if I told you that, what what would you have thought? Yeah, I would have thought the odds were, you know, 1-50 in 50 of winning a game like that. Um, you know, it's uh, it's such a passing game now. It's really hard not to win if you can't if you don't throw for what at least 150 or so. But uh, as rough of a day as it was for you know Hunley throwing the ball and he missed some guys, missed Geronimo Allison for a wide open touchdown. Uh, he did make some really big plays with his legs, especially in the um, in the fourth quarter and in overtime. And uh, that's kind of the way they they have to play. That's not kind. It's not kind of. It is the way they have to play. Uh, with him at quarterback, just kind of by hook or crook. One of the things that that uh, has been a topic of discussion all year has been the running back position, and, and obviously the Packers invested heavily in that in the off season. Just backing up for a second, in in the preseason in training camp, did did one of the guys stand out to you in terms of Jamal Williams, Devontae Mays, Aaron Jones? No, um, I take I I can't get very much out of practice with the running backs because they're they never tackle the ground in practice. Right. So if, at least for me, I, I'm sure you know experts can, but I get nothing out of that. Uh, in the preseason, I can't say any one of them. In the preseason games, I can't say any one of them uh, stood out any more than the other. Williams, you could tell, was a little was better at pass protection, uh, which he knew was a big thing, and they were giving him you know the the reps 
uh, the, the, the first reps of those three of the three rookies, so you knew he was ahead most of the time. Uh, coming out of the preseason, I kind of thought it was, you know, shake him up and they see how it comes out. Maybe Devontae Mays, a seventh rounder, might have been a hair. I might have thought I thought he was probably a, a hair better than the other two, at least on the on the limited sample. Um, but uh, you know, you you do have to give, uh, it, you know, it's early, but you got to give Thompson some credit here. You know, none of those guys was a high pick. You know, starting in the fourth round with Williams and the two who have been forced to play have played good football when they've played and uh, you know Mays had fumbles on his, on his first two touches so we, we may not see him till next year right. but um, but you know hitting hitting at least you know fairly well on those two picks is uh, is big and it's really it's kind of saved this team this year because they have to run the ball in these games that Rodgers isn't playing or they have no chance. And what's really astonishing about it is if you think about it last September October the run game for Green Bay, even with Aaron Rodgers, was so bad and they were so beat up. They had to convert a receiver to play the position. And now they've had two rookie running backs go over 100 yards. Um, they're one of the best run teams efficiency-wise in football. And they're they're running on teams that are stacking the box against them. I mean, there's these are eight-man boxes and they're still ripping off chunk plays. Yeah, if you're playing the Packers with Hundley at quarterback, it's make him beat you, stop the run. And so they, they have been. And Williams is real physical, and that, you know, just pounding him and pounding him, that kind of helped set up that Jones touchdown because they weren't ready for a guy who could <clears throat> take a run up the middle and bounce it outside and, and go all the way. So, you know, the, all, those, all those runs, those inside zone runs, <clears throat> you know, really served their, their purpose there. And, um, you know, it is a complete transformation from a – an all-pass team to a run-oriented team, and uh, it was done in midseason, and that's the kind of adjustments you have to make in the NFL because uh, injuries are such a huge factor. And um, you know they struggled for quite a while with Hunley at quarterback, but he's played pretty well now, and or at least well enough in three of the last four games. Even though they lost to Pittsburgh, he he played okay in that game. So they seem to have at least figured out uh, have figured out better how they have to play uh, with with him at quarterback, and they got to do it for probably one more game we'll get back to pete in just a second but i want to remind you to listen to locked on browns this week like i said earlier this is an uncommon opponent there is so much that the average packers fan and frankly i cover the league for a living but i can't say i'm intimately familiar with with many of their players and they've got a lot of young guys and so for some context on how those players are developing how they look this season we know not very good but their defense has some some very talented players on it. Their offense has some talented players on it. They just haven't been able to put it together. So check that out this week for the perspective from the Browns standpoint. And stay locked on Browns the same way, this week anyway, the same way that you would stay locked on Packers. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. 
one-up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See fuelrewards.com slash fuel your fandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. You wrote last week that you felt like Ted Thompson needed to do a better job of getting backup quarterbacks uh, for Aaron Rodgers, and and you admitted that it's not easy, obviously, and that the backup in terms of signing, um, you know, veteran guys has often not worked out. So what can you can you expand a little bit on that in terms of what you'd like to see? Is there something Hunley can show you to prove that he's that guy or, or, or where do you stand at this point? Uh, he he can if he you know if he keeps improving, um, but you know you they've lost you know basically they've been what six games without Rodgers. You'd like to be be able to go 500. That's asking a lot, but you'd like to be able to do it when you have when you're missing uh, such a, a good quarterback like that. Um, you know basically, I, I get not wanting to put too many re- resources into backup quarterback because you're trying to win games and get the best roster you can right. to win to win when you're playing with your with your good quarterback, but. Rodgers has been hurt enough in his career now where, you know, I mean, he's, he'll probably be here another, you know, six years or so. He's going to get hurt again, and, you're, and they're going to have to go, whether it be, you know, one or two games or, you know, six or seven or eight games. You know, they're going to have another stretch where they have to keep, keep alive in the standings while he's out so that when he comes back, he got a chance to win the Super Bowl. And the template is, you know, looking back at it, is Ron Wolf and. He had a few that didn't work out at all, Ronnie Makeda and Kyle Wachholz, and there's another one who's slipping my mind who, you know, they never made it in the NFL. But he kept picking those guys, and that's how he ended up with Brunel and Hasselbeck and Ty Detmer. You know, Favre was the backup when they when they drafted uh, Detmer, so they, they knew they had him already. So you just have to keep picking them. And, you know, just like how they say, and it's true, the hardest time to find a quarterback is when you need one. They're talking about, you know, a franchise starter there. But you know, it's, I've come to realize that that applies to the backup job too, and so you got to keep picking those guys. And then if you find a good one, you keep him for a couple of years, and then if you can, you trade him, and you hope that you've, in the meantime, drafted a guy who can take over for him, which is what they did a couple of years in there with uh, with uh, Detmer and Brunel, for instance. If you look at other teams who are able to not just tread water but excel with a backup. And a guy like Case Keenum, who most most mm-hmm. everyone thought was just like not good, and he's been really good with Minnesota with a lot of help. Why why is it so difficult for a team like Green Bay, who twice now has struggled so mightily with the backups? Is it is it just that they can't they just haven't hit on the right guys, or is it that Aaron Rodgers really does make this team much better than it rightfully should be? It's. It's more the latter than the former, but you know they're they're both factors. I mean, um, you know, take uh, take Roethlisberger off the Steelers. I mean, I did some of this research and look at. I mean, this is, the the backups in this league, they're not very good. No, because you're right. There aren't even 32 starters in the league. So you know, you take Roethlisberger off the Steelers, they nosedive. 
uh, Landry Jones. I mean, he, you know, I think he's one and one as a starter, and one of the wins was over Cleveland. You know, or his win was over Cleveland, I think. Um, you know, I know the the Patriots have have won some games without Brady, but if you take him off that team, they have zero chance of winning the Super Bowl. Even in 07, when they or in 08, when he tore his ACL in the first game, and they went 11 and five with Matt Castle. Um, you know, that team did have, that was the same, basically the same team that won unbeaten the year before. <laughs> yeah. And they had, Rand, they had Randy Moss and they were, they were still a loaded team. And with Castle, you know, I looked this up and I think they had six games against playoff teams and they weren't, went one in five in those games. So even as well as they did, as, as well as they played to go 11 and five, they still had zero chance of winning the Super Bowl that year. Uh, so these great quarterbacks are everything in the NFL. And then, you know, the Packers haven't put much into the backup quarterback position. They haven't – Thompson doesn't routinely draft. I think he's only drafted, what, like three or four quarterbacks since Rodgers has been his quarterback. I think three since Rodgers has been the starter. So, yep. you know, you, he probably needs to just keep churning those guys and instead of going with the, all these undrafted guys, um, you know, find you know keep drafting lower-round guys and hope you can find one you can develop. And, you know, I've never, I've never been big on keeping three quarterbacks on the 53 because those roster spots are – so valuable, but I really thought that they were going to keep um, Taysom Hill this year, and um, you know I think they made a mistake in cutting him. And New Orleans picked him up, and I was just talking with a reporter yesterday who said he heard that Sean Payton had told some people down in New Orleans that Hill might be in the running to eventually replace uh, Breeze. So um, you know it looks like they probably made a mistake in cutting him loose too, to because they thought they could get him through to the practice squad. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where. It's so hard, I think, to take and develop a young quarterback not in the games. I mean, you, you know that, that that the reps in practice for backup players, given what the CBA is now, it just isn't there. So I, I'm wondering if it's going to be harder and harder for teams to draft and develop quarterbacks rather than just saying, you just need to play now. Because if you if you look back the last five, ten years, most of the guys who haven't played as rookies, it's because they're just not good. And they and they have not panned out. the The days of Aaron Rodgers sitting for three or four years behind a, a Hall of Famer that I just don't know if that's going to be something that they can do. And and that's why I appreciated in your article you you admitted, look, this is hard. Playing quarterback in the NFL is hard. And so I don't know if you're Green Bay, how you treat Brett Hundley moving forward. Can he be relied upon to be your backup? What do you think? I yeah I you know I would say um, if if he ends up being your backup next year okay but i'm drafting a guy in the fifth sixth or seventh round and hoping maybe the fourth that's pretty high you know you you can get a guy you might get a guy look at all the good offensive linemen they've gotten in the fourth round um but you know fifth that round i'm back and and hope that you, you hit on something where the guy plays well right away and maybe he uh supplants hundley or hundley is your backup for only one more year and then in a year maybe this guy is better than hundley um, you know, you, I, you don't dismiss the the chance of uh, signing a veteran if there was somebody out there who you kind of liked. I mean, uh, Keenum, I I think Keenum was you know signed for. I think he's only making like eight or nine hundred thousand dollars this year, so yeah. it's not like he was expensive. But you know, so were a bunch of other the backups around the league, and and none of those guys are any good. So the Vikings got a little lucky, and you know, Minnesota has an excellent defense. They're one of the best, what, two or three defenses in the league probably. So that allows you to play really safe with, you know, a guy like Keenum at quarterback too. I mean, give him credit for, for, you know, winning the games and not losing the games. But, you know, if you put Case Keenum on the Packers, 
maybe they have one more win than they have right now. I I wouldn't bet any more than that. Yeah, I think you're right. The, the Case Keenum, Case Keenum's going to get paid. I mean, regardless of what he's making this year, he's a free agent at the end of the year, and some team is going to pay him to be the starter off the back of what he did this year. And I have a feeling it's going to go about as well as it did in in uh, Los Angeles. Pete, where can I agree completely? Yeah, <laughs> Pete, where can people find more of what you do? Uh, you go to PackersNews.com, and you've got all the uh, uh, all our Packers coverage between the Green Bay Press Gazette and and uh, JS Online. We all work together, and uh, it's updated constantly. And my Twitter feed is at uh, Pete Doherty. I appreciate all the work that you guys do on the Packers beat. Truly, uh, the Packers fans are really lucky to have a great group of, of of beat reporters covering the team. So I appreciate you taking the time today. Sure, thanks, and uh, and anytime. Always, uh, always fun talking with you. I want to thank Pete again for joining us, and and I can say this now that he's not on the line, and you'll know that I'm that I'm really being serious. I think the men and women who cover the Packers do as good a job as any beat team in the sport and Packers fans should feel very lucky that they have so many talented writers and dogged reporters especially given the size of the market and and given the size of the fan base they create so much excellent content they do great work reporting and uh, I just I feel it's important to recognize that work we will have opponent Wednesday tomorrow We'll get to the scouting report on Thursday, and then Friday we'll we'll get you caught up with the latest injury news, and then it is time to get that seventh win. Time to beat the Cleveland Browns. Time to bring back their quarterback who's going to practice this week. He is is not medically cleared. Mike McCarthy went out of his way to remind us of that. Not medically cleared. This is all sort of a trial run, which just means that the Packers will have the best scout team quarterback in the history of football. And... We'll see what happens from there. He will not even be scanned, Rodgers won't be, until after the Brown game. They're going to do a bone density scan. And if he's about 80-85% healed, that's that's pretty close to the same or, or roughly the same as what it would be pre-break with that plate on it. And so that, that could be enough to get him on the field. We'll see. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. Well, maybe you don't have to stay tuned to find out, but... I'll talk about it. I'll break it down for you. It'll all be there. So that means you have to stay locked on. Happy.